0: everybody.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Lights Out. Today's episode is going to be a very interesting one because we're going to be diving into the Devil's Den with Anton LaVey. Now, if you don't know who Anton LaVey is, he is the founder of the Church of Satan. And if you don't know anything about him, then buckle up because he's a very, very interesting and outrageous individual and really lived a very, very interesting life. So, We're going to be diving into all of that as well as kind of talking a little bit about what satanism is because there's a lot of misconceptions about satanists and satanism in general and so i wanted to kind of cover some of that as well but before i get into all of that i wanted to first say that anything that i talk about in this does not necessarily reflect my views or beliefs i definitely don't consider myself a satanist or anything like that in fact i grew up in a very religious and christian home in case you didn't know and since then i've you know kind of abandoned religion altogether and i definitely consider myself a spiritual person but i wouldn't say i belong to any sort of religion or organized group by any means so with that being said let's let's talk about satanism for a second because in popular culture oftentimes anybody that refers to themselves as a satanist or a believer in satanism often has a negative connotation to it and i think a lot of people don't really understand what it is or you know what it stands for and they just automatically assume that you know if somebody says i'm a satanist that they're some type of evil person or they do evil acts or you know really crazy fucked up shit but that's not necessarily true and like any religion satanism as a whole has a ton of different branches off of it i mean you've got your most extreme groups that do crazy shit and obviously there's been crimes that have been committed and murders that have been committed by people that claim to be Satanists or doing the devil's work. But that's very, very different from what we're gonna be talking about today. Today, we're gonna be focusing specifically on Anton LaVey's version of Satanism, which he dubbed the Church of Satan. And I think the number one biggest misconception about Satanism are people that consider themselves Satanists is that they believe and worship the spiritual being known as the devil or Lucifer or Satan. But this is actually false. They don't actually believe that there is this spiritual being known as Satan or the devil. And obviously, every religion is probably going to disagree with that outlook. But to most Satanists, they do not believe that there is, you know, a Satan in hell or a Lucifer in hell, and that's certainly not what they are. They're worshiping. They more so look at Satan as this idol or symbol. And according to the Church of Satan, they look at it as a symbol of passion and pride and liberty, and most importantly, rebellion. So we're going to be talking about Satanism as a religion. And in today's terms, there are two groups that are most widely known, and that is the Church of Satan, which was founded by Anton LaVey, who we're going to be diving into today. And then there's also the Satanic Temple. And the Satanic Temple is kind of a modern spin on the the Church of Satan and is probably the most active organization involved with Satanism today. And just like any religion, they have their own you know, books that they follow, they have their own rituals that they follow, and they just worship in a different way than other religions do. So I hope you can approach this episode with an open mind and obviously everybody's entitled to what they believe and by no means am I trying to force Satanism on anybody or make you believe that this is true because I'm coming at this from a purely neutral perspective and I just find it interesting to explore other people's religious beliefs and other religions. And I think that by the end of this episode, you might look at Satanists and Satanism in general a little bit differently than maybe at the beginning. But let's dive into Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan because it is a very interesting religion and Anton LaVey, I don't know if there's been anybody else like him. So the founder of the Church of Satan, Anton Xander LaVey, was actually born Howard Stanton LaVey on April 11th, 1930 in Chicago, Illinois, to his parents, Gertrude and Michael LeVay. So shortly after he was born, him and his family moved to San Francisco, California, where he grew up in the Bay Area. And if you've never been to San Francisco, it's probably one of the coolest places in the entire U.S. because when I visited there, what you do see is there's so much diversity there and there's so many different ideals there. And it just seems like a very welcoming place for all sorts of people. And as a kid, Anton would go to the playland at the beach right by the famous Sutro Bass and the Great Golden Gate Exposition on Treasure Island. And like most kids, he loved Treasure Island. He enjoyed the rides, the colopio music, the sideshow attractions, people indulging in fun fantasy and aesthetic escapism. He loved the carnival, man, because back, back in the day, the carnivals seemed lit. I mean, they got all these interesting individuals. They had people, you know, with unique abilities. And I mean, it was probably much different than how we see carnivals today. It was very much more about, you know, hit people's talents versus you know like video games and all this you know digital stuff that we have now so as a young kid he just absolutely loved treasure island and the carnivals and you know all the sideshow attractions especially magicians he was just totally enthralled with magicians in general like he just thought it was the coolest thing so on treasure island they obviously had all the attractions for kids but they also had adult shows and back in the day they'd have these you know Very sexual shows that were, you know, featuring partially nude women and things like that. So that was also something that LaVey was introduced to from a pretty young age. At least he knew about it. And kind of growing up around all this, it really had a strong impression on him as a young kid. Because later on, he joined both the circus and the sideshow as a musician, as well as a performer with big cats like Lions and Tigers. But the number one thing that he was really passionate about from a young age was making music. He loved to play the keyboard, the pipe organ, and the calopi.
0: And Anton was so talented at making music that one time he picked up a harp and was immediately able to play a song without any prior training. That's that's serious talent. And I think that he,
1: first and foremost, above anything in his life, was a musician. Like If there was something that he loved the most, it was definitely music. It's something that you'll see throughout his life really affected him and was by far his favorite thing in life. Because by the time he was only 15, he had played the second oboe in the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra. And then he later became the official organist in the city of San Francisco, which he was that for a long, long time, up until 1966. And in fact, one point, I think they said that he was like the only organ player in like all San Francisco in this organization. Like that's like was what he was definitely most well known for was playing the organ and synthesizers. And so Anton would perform at official banquets, political functions, and even basketball games. And many people who saw his performances said that he was an extremely talented musician and he could just play countless pieces from memory. Like His memory is insane. As time went on and the more he played music, he really started to believe that music was this magical tool and a universal language. And he said if you wanted it to rain, for instance, you could play every song with rain in the title. If no one else is playing those songs, there is still a certain charge
0: in them. It might just rain. Anton even claimed to have caused the Mexico City earthquake in 1985 by passionately playing his keyboard.
1: Yeah, and that just goes to tell you that he really did believe his music was a magical tool. Other than music, his other interest in life was the occult. And that really started being an interest for him during the Golden Gate International Exposition, which happened in San Francisco from 1939 to 1940. So growing up, Anton LaVey did not grow up in a particularly religious home. In fact, he said that my own family were non-participants and I was never pushed into a religious formula. The only thing I ever heard about religion was another name for God is nature. And he said we did have relatives who were Christian and Jewish, and he even had an aunt who was a Christian scientist as well as an atheist uncle. So he said he basically grew up a second generation non-believer or cynic, which this really carries over into the Church of Satan as we'll find out later on. Another major influence on Anton LaVey was his grandmother who told him stories of the occult, the supernatural, and even Dracula from her home in Transylvania. She also told him about her brother who at one point was a bear trainer and performed in many carnivals and circus events. So because of his grandma, he grew up with an extreme interest in the occult, which again is just hidden knowledge to a point where he even tried creating and casting spells as well as attempting to summon spirits, which I think when people hear occult, they automatically go to, you know, summoning demons and spirits and everything. But it's really just ancient knowledge going back thousands and thousands of years and the study of, you know, metaphysics and all of these, you know, metaphysical ideas and and part of it does have to do with spirits.
0: Anton also tried to befriend demons or negative entities in which he saw others trying to create spells to ward off. He really gave it a
1: try. And what's interesting later on in life, he says that when he did all of that, though, he never felt like it worked, like it never worked for him. So he kind of abandons, you know, this interest in the occult somewhat later on in life. But the other major part of Anton LaVey's background was his desire for sex. He said that he had tapped into his own sexuality as early as five years old, and he remembers attending a birthday party where a girl was interested in him and invited him up to her room. And while he was in the room with this girl, the girl's mother ended up catching them alone together. And obviously the girl got upset and ended up peeing her pants in front of Anton. And this event ended up giving Anton LaVey a lifelong fetish for women urinating, in which he would later call ECI, or Erotic Crystallization Inertia. And he goes on to explain that ECI is the split second of sexual awakening, which was a switch that goes off inside you. And his urination fetish would later consume him, where he would enjoy spying on women in public restrooms.
0: His future wife, Blanche Barden, stated that Anton made sure he was front and center whenever he did see an attractive woman go into the restroom. What the fuck?
1: That's so weird. That's such a weird fetish and honestly super creepy because like even later on in his house he has in his bathroom he had a sign that was like smile you're on camera or something like that and nobody ever knew whether or not he actually had a camera in there but I assume based upon you know these early experiences in his childhood that he probably did spy on people in his house going to the bathroom which is just fucking creepy and wrong. Another event that really had an impact on Anton LaVey's sexuality was When he was 16 years old and he was at a party and there were some girls wrestling, teenage girls at this time. And while these girls were wrestling, apparently one of their dresses ended up getting raised up and it exposed one of the girl's thighs. And this particular girl was blonde and had very pale skin. And from that moment on, apparently he would forever desire women with blonde hair and pale skin. And growing up, Anton did not have a lot of self-confidence. He always felt odd, ugly, and out of place. And believe it or not, he actually had an extra vertebrae, which looked like a tail. And this vertebrae caused him a lot of pain and embarrassment as a child, but it was eventually removed when he was a teenager. Overall, he just really did not have a lot of self-confidence. I think obviously he had this insecurity with this extra vertebrae, but I just don't think he really considered himself a very attractive individual.
0: He also mentioned that when he first started dating girls, most of them were interested in him but required him to meet with them in a private place because they were embarrassed by his looks. What the
1: fuck? That's so weird. That's so weird. But by the age of 16, Anton actually dropped out of high school in order to join the Clyde Betty circus where he specialized with working with big cats like lions and tigers. And he really fell in love with working with big cats. Kind of like, you know, Joe exotic before Joe exotic and he really felt like he learned power and magic and even how to play god. I think it really boosted his confidence and made him feel, you know, special in a way that he was able to, you know, train and work with these huge dangerous animals. And during his time working for the circus and eventually other carnivals and shows, he really learned a lot about human psychology and he figured out that people really enjoyed watching him. Like he's definitely first and foremost an entertainer, a showman. I mean, This guy is definitely captivating to watch and listen to.
0: Also, while Anton was working for the circus and those other carnivals, he did perform as a musician as well for them, which really helped him gain a following with his music. I think he really enjoyed seeing how his music affected people, too.
1: And he was so well versed in all types of different music and you know he could remember so many songs just off the top of his head. And with performing with the big cats and playing music at the carnivals and circus, he really started to notice that people were willing to pay a price in order to blow off steam. And obviously by doing this job, he really noticed that in this setting people were happy, and that happiness really derived from embracing self-glorification or indulgence. And this idea of, you know, doing whatever makes you happy at, you know, whatever cost pretty much. This really plays into you know, one of the main doctrines in the Church of Satan. By 1948, Anton was 18 years old and he started working as an organist for nightclubs, bars, and lounges. And apparently, this is when he claimed to have had an affair with Marilyn Monroe, who he said was a stripper at the time, because Marilyn Monroe was exactly Anton's type, blonde hair with pale white skin. He said she did have a strange fascination with the dark side. He even remembers staying the night with Marilyn Monroe in a rundown motels and driving around Los Angeles with her in her Pontiac.
0: However, Anton's claims were denied by those who knew Marilyn Monroe and even by the owner of the Mayan Hotel. Which
1: is obviously like they stayed there at one point, he claims, but they don't remember him and her ever being there. And this is like one of those rumor things that we don't have any definitive proof. I don't think there's any pictures of them together or anything like that, but... I mean, she would definitely be his type. That's for sure. And there's so many like other interesting things with, you know, Marilyn Monroe and and the Kennedys. And, you know, she was kind of having, you know, a lot of different relationships with different people. So I don't know. I feel like he likes to connect himself to her because she's such an iconic figure. And again, we don't know if they ever actually linked up. But according to him, they did. What's crazy, though, is that he was actually hired by traveling evangelists to play gospel music during their services, which he did this because, you know, obviously they were paying him to do this, but it made him resent religion even more. He would often see men stop by to see the shows with half nude women to just go back to church the following Sunday to repent and repeat the same behavior again. And obviously he thought this was very hypocritical and thought there must be a better way of practicing religion that embrace this type of indulgence without considering it to be sinful behavior he's quoted as saying i'd see the same goddamn faces that had been oogling the half-naked girls at the carnival the night before i knew then that the christian church thrived on hypocrisy and that man's carnal nature will come out no matter how much it is purged or scourged by any white light religion and I'll talk about this more when we start talking about him founding the Church of Satan because he really did have a lot of issues with the Christian religion and he really felt like there was a lot of hypocrisy within it. In 1950, though, Anton was 20 years old and he decided to move back to San Francisco from Los Angeles. When he got back to San Francisco, he ended up meeting a girl named Carol Lansing, who was only 15 years old at the time. So he's 20 and she's 15. That's, that's not good at all. Carol had blonde hair and pale skin and was said to look just like Jane Mansfield, who was a very, very beautiful actress. And despite their age gap, they somehow got married in 1951. With the Korean War beginning in June of 1950, Anton was concerned about being drafted into the war. At that time, there was a clause in which any man who was a full time student excelling in his studies could not be drafted. So he became a student at San Francisco City College and began to study criminology. However, there's no record of this, of him attending this college. And I mean, criminology, really? He's going to go to school for that? And in 1952, Anton and Carol had their first daughter, Carla LaVey. And during this time, Anton claimed he began working for the San Francisco Police Department as a photographer, and he apparently worked there for three years.
0: During his time as a photographer, Anton captured many horrific images which ended up leading him to believe that there's truly no God, which is really interesting. Cause I think some people would have the
1: absolute opposite, you know, that would have the opposite effect on them that if you see so much, you know, horrible shit, you might think, you know, hopefully there is something after death, but I can also see how, you know, you see what human beings do to each other. You know, if there was a God, why would they, you know, make these humans so evil to each other? And he claims while working for the police department, that he was also a psychic investigator whose responsibilities included investigating 800 calls, which were reports of odd occurrences such as paranormal phenomenon and UFO sightings. And he said when he would arrive at the reported scenes, he would usually begin his investigation by setting up traps using infrared cameras and other Ghostbuster equipment. He was basically a paranormal investigator for the police department, which is really interesting because You know, he didn't have a lot of luck with the paranormal early on in his life. So I think he was pretty skeptical about it, right?
0: Yeah, he was very skeptical about it. In fact, during many of his investigations, he could easily determine that the reported activity was easily explainable or easily debunked. And he would even confront the individual that made that paranormal activity report and provide them with those results that this was not what they thought it was. And they would often be disappointed about it
1: yeah and he said that this gave him a lot of insight into the human psyche and he felt that people would believe what they wanted to believe was true instead of what was actually true the police department he was a paranormal investigator for has said that you know we never had anybody even do that kind of job and it we definitely never had anton Levey working for us so we don't really know and that's the kind of thing with his whole history is that There's a lot of things that he claims to have done that we don't have definitive proof for, and we're kind of taking his word for a lot of these things. So was he ever a paranormal investigator? I don't really know, but he claims that he was. In 1956, Anton LaVey purchased a home in the Richmond district of San Francisco, and this house that he bought had 13 rooms and had formerly been occupied by Mammy Pleasant. And apparently Mammy Pleasant had created secret panels and trap doors that led to secret rooms in the home which is the perfect place for Anton because he loved all these odd features. And this was really what convinced him to buy the home. And after he bought the home, he ended
0: up painting it all black and it would later become known as the black house. And the people that did have an opportunity to go into the black house almost made it sound like it was a giant trip. It was a multi-sensory, multi-dimensional type of experience and just nothing ordinary whatsoever. Yeah, no, I don't know
1: how many people have an all-black house. That's definitely weird. And, and we'll talk about more why he painted it black and why black is so often associated with Satanists and Satanism in general. But by 1960, Anton LaVey and Carol Lansing had gotten divorced, and he quickly remarried that same year to a girl named Diane Haggerty, who was also a blonde with pale skin. And after he moved into his black house and you know had these women around, A lot of people started viewing Anton LaVey as a cult leader, and he always denied these claims passionately. He said, I've never presented myself as having spoken directly to Satan or God or being in touch with any sort of divinity or having any sort of spiritual mandate. I just feel that what I'm doing is part of my nature. And by the early 1960s, Anton LaVey's interest in magic grew, which is interesting because again, he didn't necessarily believe in the paranormal, but he definitely was very interested in it as well as magic in general. So much so that he'd established his black house as almost like a place, a school in a way, because he would hold lectures and classes there, and he would teach a wide range of different topics, from vampires to werewolves, freaks, the black mass, death, ghosts, gothic culture, and many other things as well. And he developed a group of friends that he would invite into his home in order to discuss these topics, and they called themselves the Magic Circle. So this group called the Magic Circle and consisted of powerful people, including author Steven Schneck, who was actually an American Catholic activist. How weird is that? And then there was a Danish person named Karen De Plessen, who was one of the wealthiest investors in San Francisco at the time, a man named Donald Werby and his wife, as well as other science fiction writers, tattoo artists, even several police officers, and a dildo manufacturer. That's a fucking wacky group. And these meetings at the Black House Quickly became famous in San Francisco, and I can only imagine why. Because what a wild group of people to get together, and they even opened this group up to the public for only a two dollar fifty cent entry fee. And what the hell is even two fifty going to do for them? Even like per member was that two fifty? Like why that number? What the hell? Anton Lavey was a character, man. He held a variety of very odd lectures, including love potions and monkey glands and fortune-telling and character analysis. And again, he talked about a wide number of different just off-the-wall topics. I mean, all sorts of stuff. His lectures definitely got into some more disturbing topics as well, including bondage, torture, and even cannibalism. And at one point at one of the meetings, he even had a human thigh that he had obtained from a doctor who had gotten it from an autopsy. Just fucking the most bizarre things you can think about. He was talking about him. And in San Francisco, I mean, you've got all sorts of different kinds of people. And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, these lectures would draw huge crowds. In fact, he'd even have so many people there that they'd be like spilling out of the house, out of the basement and into the stairway. And sometimes people even watch him give his lectures through his windows. And by 1964, Anton LaVey was a celebrity in San Francisco. And he was famous for his work in topics. Obviously, people are like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he talking about all this crazy stuff? He's this self-proclaimed psychic investigator. He drove a coroner's van. And he would take his black leopard, Zoltan, for walks. He even had big cats as pets.
0: So after Zoltan, his leopard got hit by a car, he ended up adopting a 10 week old lion named Togar who later scratched Anton's daughter, Carla, and ended up even leaving a permanent scar down her back. It's crazy. He's keeping these big cats with his
1: kids and everything letting them play around with it. Like he was a risk taker, man. I mean, he, the fact that he had big cats at his house and God, he must've been the most interesting person in, in San Francisco. Anton LaVey reminds me so much of Joe Exotic, but even crazier. But despite his lion attacking his daughter, he ended up keeping Togar until laws in California changed with private ownership of big cats, and he was forced to surrender Togar to the local zoo. But animals were obviously another passion of his and were a huge inspiration for his ideologies. He was especially interested in animals' behavior, and he really liked to study their behavior for clues and insight that would help him with understanding human behavior. He said that animals are not self-destructive like humans. They don't lie awake at night concerned about their actions or their sins. They just live. So the way that his, you know, animals really played into his ideologies is he felt like, you know, we're animals in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, he really believed in Darwinism and all of that. So he was like, why don't we live more like animals? Why do we think so much about, you know, our sins and all these
0: things that we do as opposed to just live. So Anton was also a big believer in not bathing or using perfume and for people to be completely natural in their own skin. And he would say you want your unique scent to be associated with you and your identity and the positive things of yourself,
1: which is not necessarily a bad idea. Obviously you should bathe and you know, for hygienic reasons, but I understand the whole, you know, putting cologne on you and perfume on you, it doesn't make you unique because anybody can go out and buy the same perfume and there's probably millions of other people wearing the same thing. So that then then your scent is not unique. So, yeah, he really liked to be natural, which <laughs> I can only imagine what his natural scent was, man. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant per se, but I'm sure it was unique. I'll give him that. But this magic circle and the lectures and the classes eventually evolved into Anton LaVey founding the Church of Satan in 1966. And he commemorated this moment by ceremonially shaving his head and ordaining that this was the beginning of the age of Satan on April 30th, which would later become the most important holiday on the satanic calendar. And Anton LaVey had no idea how fast his ideologies and the Church of Satan would spread. And he was completely stunned at how rapidly people seem to want to join up with him. Now here's how Anton LaVey sort of described the Church of Satan and the religion. It says, we are the first above-ground organization in history openly dedicated to the acceptance of man's true nature, that of a carnal beast living in a cosmos that is indifferent to our existence. To us, Satan is a symbol that best suits the nature of we who are carnal by birth, people who feel no battles raging between our thoughts and feelings, we who do not embrace the concept of a soul imprisoned in a body, he represents pride, liberty, individualism, qualities often defined as evil by those who worship external deities, who feel there is a war between their minds and emotions. So as you can see, Anton LaVey really created a religion in which he took elements from many other different ideologies as well as other philosophies. I mean, you could really look at Anton LaVey as a philosopher in many ways because he really did come up with his own perspective on, you know, the way that we should live life. And the main thing with his ideology is that it really goes against traditional, you know, Christian beliefs that, you know, you need to follow a deity or a God and and follow what, you know, the holy book says in order to then, you know, go to heaven when you die. And to Anton LaVey, he felt like none of that was needed and that when we live here on earth, we should be living, you know, life to the fullest and we should be enjoying our life and not let anything stop us from doing the things that make us happy. I mean, that's a very simple explanation of what Satanism is really all about. Obviously, they, you know, incorporate a lot of other occult ideas and You know, a lot of other things that I think most of us would think is weird or bizarre or dark in nature. But ultimately, it's about loving yourself and accepting you for who you really are. And, you know, not letting anybody tell you or any authority tell you how you should live. That's the best way that I could put it. And because of this outlook that Anton LaVey had, this resonated with a lot of people. And his Church of Satan grew very, very fast. But obviously this Church of Satan really upset a lot of people. Obviously anybody from the Christian religion or any other religion for that matter is going to find issue with, you know, him using Satan as their symbol because in other religions Satan is the devil, it's representation of hell, that you know the very place that evil exists. So he got really hit with this, you know, label of being this evil individual when in fact he was just using it as a symbol. And obviously the media and, you know, people just in general really skewed what his message really was. Because the bottom line is Anton LaVey did not give a fuck. He really did not give a fuck what people thought. He did what he wanted to do. And a lot of people got really hung up on his rituals and how, you know, he conducted his services. He would often wear a black cape around and he'd wear like, which had like a little uh, hood, which had horns on it. The way that he's presenting himself to the world is kind of like, I am this representation of Satan, but people are misunderstanding that it's not, you know, the Satan in the Bible. It's more of a proclamation of, you know, we don't give a fuck what anybody thinks and we do what we want and we do what makes us happy. And obviously his rituals with the naked women everywhere and, you know, everybody's wearing black robes and candles and, you know blood or whatever else, people are getting really hung up on all that and think that you know what he's doing is just pure evil. and you know there's absolutely no way any good could be coming out of this Church of Satan. So due to his outlandish, you know wild ceremonies and rituals and services, obviously this garnered a lot of media attention and he did definitely did not shy away from the media whatsoever. I mean, there was articles done in magazines to newspapers to eventually TV interviews where he openly talked about, you know, what he did and what he was all about. And because of all this media attention, he ended up writing a bunch of books, including The Complete Witch, as well as Satanic Rituals. And obviously, he wrote the Satanic Bible as well. And again, when he put together the Church of Satan and these religious texts that he created, he took a lot of concepts from other philosophers like Sigmund Freud and a lot of ideas he learned and experienced while working in the carnivals and he created his own version of magic. One of the interesting things that Anton Levey was really into and supported a lot was creating artificial human companions. Basically like sex dolls, you know like now we have these robotic AI sex dolls coming out and Anton Levey would be absolutely ecstatic about this. I mean, he thinks that if there's a way to provide everybody the happiness and, you know, fulfill the desires that they want, you know, why not let them? And it's even better when it's an artificial human. But what's weird about this is as much as he supports this, he only attempted to have sex with a doll once. And there was an earthquake when he tried to have sex with the doll. And after this, he decided that this was not, you know, not something he wanted to dive into any further.
0: Many of Anton's followers also saw him as a jokester and he especially enjoyed dark humor and would integrate that with his satanic religion. It's interesting because I think a lot of us have
1: this idea that he's like just this serious, dark individual, you know, mysterious and everything. But everybody that really spent a lot of time with him said that he was a really nice guy and he was, you know, really easy to talk to. He was always interested in what you had to say. And yeah, overall... Most of his members really enjoyed being around Anton LaVey and thought he was funny and, yeah, just overall a good guy.
0: It's important to note that Anton would also use music as a way to connect with his followers. He would play all sorts of songs that they recognized as a way to connect with him. And he would practice songs that his followers were interested in when they weren't around. And once they did see Anton, he would play them for them. And he would immediately be able to connect to them on that level. And the music that he played really touched their emotions. Anton was really good at using chord progressions as a way to make them feel certain things. And it really had a very positive impact on them and his relationship with all of his followers.
1: Yeah, so much so that he would use it in all of his rituals that he did. Like everything that the Church of Satan did, there was definitely music involved. And what's so kind of funny and ironic is that, you know, during this time, everybody's saying rock and roll is the music of the devil and everything. And Anton Levay's like, no, it's not. He's like, that has nothing to do with the devil. And you know, the music that I'm playing is true satanic music because it do, it is so deep and you know, it really did invoke thought and it was instrumental for the most part. I believe, like, it was a lot of you know him playing the organ and things like that. It's kind of, to me, it kind of reminds me of that classic, like haunted house music that you'd hear like like that kind of stuff where it's got all the, like you said, the chord progressions and you know, all the like fast notes back and forth. It's, it's very interesting stuff. And I mean, he's such a talented musician at the end of the day that I totally understand why he always made sure that music was such an integral part of what the church of Satan was all about. When Anton LaVey created the church of Satan, you really wanted to make it easy to join and you know if you're a like-minded individual it wasn't that hard to you know start getting involved with the church and all you had to do was fill out a registration statement and pay a one-time fee of 225 dollars and the thing about the church is obviously there's a lot of people that probably wanted to know who was a part of this and a lot of the things that they did they definitely kept secret in fact they wouldn't release any information about its members so no one really knew how many members there were or even still to this day we don't know who was actually a part of it. There's a lot of rumors and things like that about celebrities that were involved, but we really don't actually know for sure who was a member of the church of Satan or who is one now, but it's estimated that there were between 300 to 20,000 members. And the way that he kind of set up his church was he created this hierarchy within it. You know, he'd have like, you know, starting from the bottom, he'd have his priestess and priests, and he had all those, you know, different hierarchy levels that other churches have, um, with him at the top, obviously, um, kind of the, the grandmaster at, at the top of the church, but, you know, he really got everybody involved and it was a very, you know, equal place. Men and women were allowed to be in similar positions. You know, it wasn't like only men could be a higher level position as opposed to females, which is very interesting. Cause like in the Catholic church, it's definitely, you know, set up in a different way where, you know, the Pope is always a man, you know, there's no female Popes. So he kind of went, Directly against how all the other churches were set up when he set his up. And one of the things he gets a lot of shit for is, you know, he was a misogynist and, you know, he was like anti women, anti feminist and everything. But he really believed that, you know, women could do everything that men could do. And he even wrote books and taught classes to women only on how to sort of manipulate men and how to make men do whatever you wanted them to do. He was definitely a strong advocate for women. And, When you watch interviews from, you know, members and people that were close with him that were women, they all had nothing but good things to say about him. There was nothing negative that I could find uh, that they said about him. Obviously, he wasn't a perfect person and he'd have his outbursts and, you know, fuck up from time to time. But overall, it seems like women really liked the guy and really felt like he was, you know, there to help them and guide them and, you know, help make the world a better place in, in, in a crazy sense. According to the women that were working the Church of Satan with him, it really seems like Anton understood the power that women have and that he wanted to encourage that and celebrate it. And pretty much all the women around him would definitely vouch for that. Anton LaVey really wanted the Church of Satan to be of an all-inclusive place. It didn't matter what your background was or what your sexuality was. You were definitely welcome in the Church of Satan. And not only just welcomed, he really wanted to celebrate it. So With his hierarchy within the church, it didn't matter what sexuality you were, it
0: didn't matter if you're a man or female, you were all equal in Anton LaVey's eyes. It's also important to note that it didn't matter where someone was at in the hierarchy of Church of Satan. Anton LaVey always made it a priority to address anyone's concerns about maybe something that needed to be changed uh, and he did such a great job on taking their feedback didn't shoot them down by any means and really treated everyone like they were equals yeah it wasn't
1: like anton levey was you know ruling his church with an iron fist or that you know he wasn't approachable it seems like he hung out and you know spent time with everybody you know on a pretty regular basis and really listened to what people had to say not only was his version of satanism you know a cluster of different ideas and philosophies but also the aesthetics were the same way. To him, there was no white magic or dark magic; it was one and the same. And he ingrained this idea that Satanism was just an extension of nature and embraced the human condition of wants, wills, and desires. And by this time in his life, Anton Lavey and the Church of Satan were pretty much legendary at this point. I mean, he was conducting ceremonies and rituals in the Black House, and you know, had tons of media attention. And he was really kind of putting on a show, per se. Like, you know, a lot of his ceremonies and rituals were had a lot of showmanship to him. And people, I think, just get it so misconstrued because it looks scary or creepy to them. But at the end of the day, Anton LaVey was a true showman. He loved to put on a good show, and he'd even use the secret passages to allow him to, you know, disappear and appear out of nowhere. And, yeah, I mean, he loved to really create this, you know, fantasy around his religion. Everything Anton LeVay did and the way he even decorated his black house was designed to entertain, delight, and shock people. And like I mentioned earlier, his restroom had a sign that said Smile, you're on candid camera. And again, we don't know for sure if he had one in there. People close to him said, no, absolutely not, but who really knows? And not only that, in his basement he had a bar and he'd have like a bunch of mannequins in there that would, you know, just look like people hanging out at the bar. And he called these mannequins non human companions. And he even had names for these mannequins, including Steve the sailor, Bonita the whore, Fritz the cabbie, Gwen the drunk, who he positioned Gwen the drunk to be passed out on a bar stool with a puddle of urine on the ground beneath her. Fucking weird.
0: And he even had a secret ladder that went down through the fireplace and into that bar. I just thought that was super interesting.
1: Seems like a really, really cool house. And I would love to check out that house. But unfortunately, the house got torn down because people, you know, after Anton LaVey goes, they're like, we're tearing this shit down, this evil place down. Anton later said that he drew inspiration for his black house and his services and rituals, not only from his past work and obviously the carnival and sideshows or the occult, but also from a large variety of other sources, and one of these sources was the cinematic satanic masterpiece, Todd Browning's *Freaks*, which released in 1932. And Anton said that it was certainly a satanic film, and as far as retribution, as eye for an eye or tooth for tooth kind of attitude on the part of these misshaped, monstrous creatures, sideshow oddities, were essentially the heroes of the film. He also enjoyed the film *Nor* because. It did not present black and white solution for things, and it appealed to him because he recognized that you cannot look at the world in a simple, cut and dry way. He was also inspired by a photographer named William Mortensen, who enjoyed capturing images of witches, dancers, those dressed as demons, and a variety of other macabre subjects. Basically, Anton Lavey liked anything that was strange or anything that portrayed, you know, the abnormal being, you know, sort of the normal. But the Church of Satan attracted many different types of people from all walks of life, and many of those would become members of the church. At one point, he became very popular in the Hollywood crowd, and even obtained work in the film business, becoming a consultant on many different occult-type films, like Rosemary's Baby, in which Anton played a role as the devil who impregnates Mia Farrow.
0: He later mentioned that the movie was the best paid commercial for Satanism since the Inquisition which makes a lot of sense.
1: I mean, he's, you know, being represented as the devil exactly what he wants to be. And yeah, it's in a popular film. The Church of Satan also attracted many notable members including Kim Novak, Christopher Lee, Lawrence Harvey, Keenan Wynn, Jane Mansfield, and many more. But the most notorious story related to Anton LaVey would have to do with his relationship with Jane Mansfield. And many people believe that Anton LaVey was ultimately responsible for her death in 1967. So for those that don't know, Jane Mansfield was a very popular actress at the time, known for being one of the best Marilyn Monroe copycats. I mean, she was certainly just as beautiful as Marilyn Monroe. And she was also a talented musician and very intelligent as she spoke five different languages. And when she saw what Anton LaVey was doing with the Church of Satan, She couldn't help but be intrigued and quickly became a member and a close friend to Anton. And one former member specifically remembers seeing Jane Mansfield lying naked on Anton LaVey's grand piano. However, many people have stated that due to her fame, she refrained from his normal church meetings but enjoyed private rituals and worship sessions created just for her by Anton LaVey. Obviously they had a very uh, sexual relationship and a very close bond. Uh, through all these private sessions that they had, but as Levey and Jan Mansfield's relationship grew closer, it upset her boyfriend, Sam Brody, and it's believed that Jane Mansfield grew close to Sam Brody in an act of desperation while going through a heated custody battle for her children. And Sam Brody didn't believe that Anton possessed any special powers beyond his showmanship; basically, thought he was a fraud. And eventually, Jane Mansfield would ask Anton Levey to curse him. And Anton LaVey was definitely down with doing that because apparently at one point, Sam Brody apparently lighted a pair of black candles on Anton LaVey's altar, which pissed Anton LaVey off. And in fact, he said, you are cursed by the devil, you'll be killed in one year. Some people believe that Anton LaVey really did curse Sam Brody because a few months later, he was looking through his scrapbook and saw an article featuring him placing flowers on Marilyn Monroe's grave. When he noticed that in cutting out this article, He had also cut a picture of Jane Mansfield right across her neck, severing her head from the picture. And he claims that soon after that, the phone rang, and it was a reporter with the Associated Press letting him know that Sam Brody and Jane Mansfield had been killed in an automobile accident, and both were killed instantly, and Jane Mansfield had been nearly decapitated. In a statement that he gave, he said, My relationships with some of the sex goddesses of the past have been largely a result of luck, more than anything else. However, in the case of Jane Mansfield, she was an active member of the Church of Satan and certainly under tragic circumstances left the Church of Satan. The untimely tragic death of Miss Mansfield was certainly not due to any curse on my part. It was as a result of intervention on the part of her attorney in the affairs between myself and Miss Mansfield. I am much poorer as a result of her loss. She was a lovely person and I miss her very much. And the situation concerning Miss Monroe was a long time ago, long before the Church of Satan. However, she did have an unswerving interest in the dark side of life. And I think that was one of the main reasons we managed to hit it off the way that we did. Which he's referring to the death of Marilyn Monroe, which has a lot of conspiracy surrounding it because it was very mysterious and definitely did not make a lot of sense. And I think at one point he was getting blamed for her death and that he had something to do with it, which obviously there's no proof of that. But two years later, after all of this, he went on to write the Satanic Bible and released that in 1969. And this publication became and still remains the guidebook for Satanists across the globe. And by 1975, Anton LaVey began selling prestigious positions within the Church of Satan, which many of his members did not like this whatsoever. And they felt like, you know, the Church of Satan had disappeared and it now became the Church of Anton Levey. And as a result of this change, many of Anton Levey's followers ended up leaving the Church of Satan in order to join other Satanist churches. To many people and many members of his, they really felt like Anton Levey was starting to just make the church all about himself and, you know, starting to make it more about making a profit, as opposed to, you know, following all these ideologies and, you know, what he had written in the Satanic Bible. So people that were once members of Anton LaVey's Church of Satan started going off and starting their own versions of their Church of Satan. Even one of Anton LaVey's daughters, Zena, ended up branching away from her father's church in order to join another's. Which we'll talk more about Zena in a future episode because there's a lot to cover with that, as well as the Satanic Panic of the 1980s. And we'll, again, save that for another episode. But around this time in the 80s, Anton LaVey had stepped out of the limelight and it was ending the near of his life in order to focus on creative endeavors, and by all accounts of what people have said, he became somewhat of a recluse compared to how he was in his younger days. And in 1984, Anton LaVey divorced Diane Haggerty and remarried his last wife, Blanche Barton, who continues to speak very positively about him to this day. Towards the end of his life, though, he spent a lot of time in his home with his children and his wife, And at one point during this time, he even said that his legend must live on and that the next generation must see him as he once was and not what he has become in his older age. But on October 29th, 1997, Anton LaVey's life came to an end. He died in St. Mary's Medical Center in San Francisco of a pulmonary edema, which is kind of ironic because St. Mary's is a Catholic hospital but apparently it was the closest hospital available and that's why he went there. And after he passed away, a secret satanic funeral was held and it was attended by invitation only and was held in Colma, in which afterwards they ended up cremating his body. But even though Anton LaVey was no longer walking the earth, his works continue to live on today. And again, the satanic bible still, you know, the bible for many satanists today. But like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you know, ever since Anton LaVey passed away, the Church of Satan really has, you know, become definitely a resource for Satanists and people that follow the Satanism religion. But they're not really a a real active organization anymore. And since then, there's been a ton of different branches that have come off of the Church of Satan and have turned into like the Satanic Temple And as well as many other branches that are, you know, far more evil in a sense, like some of these branches, you know, go even further with it. And again, there are, you know, just like with any religion, there are extremist groups that do really fucked up things. And there's even gangs that kill people in the name of Satan. And, you know, people are sacrificed and, you know, animal sacrifices and all that kind of thing that does go on. But as far as we know, this is in other branches of Satanism. And just like with any group or any religion, there's always going to be good apples and there's going to be bad apples. And just because they're associated with Satan, that doesn't necessarily mean that you know everybody that practices Satanism is necessarily evil or doing heinous acts or anything like that. But to wrap everything up, the main point I wanted to make was that you can't judge a book by its cover. And just because it's something that appears to you scary or you know, you may not understand that doesn't necessarily mean straight off the bat that it's evil or, or that it's associated with what you may think it's associated with. I think a lot of people get creeped out by, you know, Satanism and Satanist because, you know, it's all black and just their, you know, ceremonies and rituals are kind of, you know, scary to some. And one of the interesting things I learned while researching this is that the reason why that everything is black and they really, you know, their logo is black, it's a pentagram, which, That's a whole nother story, but you know, that's a symbol going back thousands of years. In fact, at one point, the pentagram was a Christian symbol and you know, it's evolved over time and it's been used by many different religious groups and spiritual ideologies. But the reason why you see Satanists wearing black isn't necessarily because it's associated with darkness or the devil or hell, but they actually connect the color black back to yin and yang and the darkness inside the light and the light inside the darkness and obviously the darkness cannot exist without the light and vice versa and obviously people believe that certain colors have specific magical properties and black is believed by many to be the most powerful of all colors so it's not necessarily what you think it is and and that's kind of the the lesson for today is you know remain open to everybody's opinions thoughts ideologies religions because Before you go and judge it and assume that, you know, they're evil or something like that, you might be surprised to find that their ideologies and religion is quite the opposite.
0: What I got from Anton LaVey and his Church of Satan was that it was very important for all of them to live life on their own terms and to indulge in whatever brings them pleasure and happiness. And that's kind of just what I got was the most important thing, with Anton LaVey, what, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Anton LaVey was absolutely about all of that. And I think he just wanted to sort of bring light to the fact that there is a lot of hypocrisy in religions. And I mean, from a personal perspective, growing up religious and you know Christian, I did see definitely saw a lot of hypocrisy in the church. And I saw people that would act a certain way on Sunday to, you know, create this illusion that they're this good Christian or whatever. And then, you know, throughout the week they're doing all kinds of sinning and everything. And, you know, it's very convenient to to do all that and then just go to church the next week and ask for God's forgiveness. And, you know, you're good to go and, and just repeat the cycle. So I totally understand. And I think there's there's definitely some good points and some good philosophy within Satanism. I think you know, there's definitely, it's not all evil. It's not all dark. It's not all what people make it out to be or what Christians make it out to be. And, you know, the very fact that it's not about, you know, worshiping the devil as, you know, Christians present the devil or, you know, other religions present what hell is about. It's more about, you know, fuck everybody else, do what you want to do, do what makes you happy at the end of the day, because you only got one life to live. So fuck it. Just do what you want. And again, we literally just scratched the surface on Satanism as a whole. And again, there's all these branches off of it. And there's good and bad branches just like with any religion. So we can dive into more of that in a future episode. I definitely want to get into the Satanic Panic of the 80s and uh, Xena, Anton's daughter, more because there's a lot more interesting information out there. So this was really just hopefully a an overview of, of Satanism and, and all of that. But we'll definitely do some future episodes on more you know specific things uh coming up but we'll go ahead and wrap up today's episode there thank you guys for listening to lights out if you enjoyed it definitely subscribe to us on itunes or follow us on spotify and definitely check out the show on youtube if you haven't already i hope you guys are having a great week and until next time lights out everybody